Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and today I'm joined by George Goncalves, MUFG's head of U.S. macro strategy. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Great to be back on as always. Yeah, and good to have you as always. Uh, so, George, looks like the finish line for 2023 is finally upon us. Uh, you know, this week is clearly the last week from a major event perspective, whether we're talking CPI or the Fed or the ECB or the BOE. Um, since our last, you know, I guess since our last conversation on air, since our last episode, uh, the markets, you know, uh, have certainly seen balls decline, especially in stocks and FX. Um, you know, treasuries, you know, maybe, you know, treasuries continue to rally, but perhaps are starting to put in some, you know, put in a top. Um, stocks trade well. Um, why don't we Why don't we set the stage for our listeners uh, with kind of what you think the dynamics uh, that markets are experiencing? You know, currently, you know, perhaps before the next major move. Yes, yeah, so it's been <clears throat> really the continuation of what we uh, cataloged in our last uh, podcast. The um, you know, the early start of the Fed pivot, um, end of inflation, and the idea that we can soft land as this kind of immaculate disinflation will result in minor Fed cuts. And, and so we've had this, you know, really this belief, um, you know, trigger one of the biggest rallies in a one month period. Like November was one of the best months on record uh, for the for the for the stock market for the month of November. Um, <clears throat> we've had uh, you know, decent inflows into risk assets. And on the back of all that, you know, you know balls have come down, and and generally, um, it's been a, a risk-on uh, environment. But you know, really, post Thanksgiving and through month end until you know till today, ahead of the of the Fed, you know, we kind of started. We're really consolidating, so we're really seeing markets <clears throat> uh, come up to resistance, both in rates as well as risk assets. And so, I think um, a lot of it was probably uh, this you know short positioning that we discussed we discussed and described before, uh, coupled with a little bit of fear of missing out, like the, the whole FOMO moves that uh, can exacerbate these markets, especially towards year end when it's much thinner volumes. I think all of that got us to where we are here. We just, uh, you know, to the, this morning saw, um, you know, CPI come in a little bit on the hotter side, uh, but, you know, really uh, splitting hairs if you uh, discount the used car prices going up, which seems like a one-off. And we had a what was really the Goldilocks NFP of of this cycle, where you didn't have much adjustment from the birth death model. You had really healthy uh, uh, household data, as you and I track closely, uh, and really resulting in a lower unemployment rate and, and putting in some distance before the SOM rule, which a lot of people are now focusing on, which is uh, a move of greater than 0.5 from a historical low of unemployment rate. If we had moved up to like four percent or higher in the unemployment rate, that would really get people thinking that a recession is much closer. So I think we you know, we've had this kind of perfect setup of jobs market not too hot, not too cold. The Goldilocks uh, uh, jobs market coupled with you know inflation's you know going in the right direction, uh, and now we're you know getting into the preparation for the Fed coming up. And exactly what I hoped you would say, uh, you brought up the Fed. Uh, so, uh, 
George, you recently published your December FOMC preview. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we are recording this podcast on Tuesday, December twenty, December 12th, um, but it will be released to the public on December 13th, which coincidentally is the morning of the FOMC meeting. Um, uh, so uh, we have plenty of time here to kind of discuss your views on the Fed. Uh, it's a quarterly meeting, so we get, in addition to the policy statement and Powell's post-meeting press conference. We get the SEPs. Um, so there's a ton of ton of information, uh, you know, without, you know, without, uh, you know, going into, you know, exorbitant detail, I, I think I, what I'd like to do is just kind of give our, give our listeners the high points of your FOMC preview. Yeah. And so, like, as you said, this is the final major economic uh, and central bank week of the year, uh, you know, before, after the Fed, we do have the ECB and, 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 uh, and the other central banks that also are important. But for here, uh, uh, those of us in the U.S., I think a lot of it will come to a conclusion tomorrow by 3.30 once Chair Powell walks off the podium, um, which is usually roughly around the time when he's finishing um, the press conference. But uh, you know, our view is that like, given what has transpired since the last meeting, which was November 1st, it's been a night and day transformation in the markets. Like we, again, we saw nearly 90 basis points rally from the top to bottom on the 10-year treasury. We saw a uh, term premium, which was something that they were pointing to as doing the work for them in terms of tightening financial conditions. Term premium going from a positive to a negative again. Financial conditions back up at the near-term highs, stocks as well, uh, spreads at the historical tights for the year. So everything is basically unwound in the last six weeks, which were uh, resulting in some tightening of financial conditions, which was consistent with what the Fed wanted. So now that we have the opposite, and this is really Chair Powell's time, and in the Fed in general, to kind of push back and push back on the idea that we're not necessarily ready yet to commit or discuss you know when cuts transpire that you know we did see super core uh, inflation pick back up again and you know and and it's not clear that uh, that the fight on inflation is over and so i i think that um you know, on the one hand a lot of things are are going in the favor of the fed we've had you know, still relatively robust and healthy jobs market, even though on the margin things are starting to show some cracks as, as we've been highlighting for the last six months. But for now, you know, the jobs market seems okay. Inflation is going in the right direction for the Fed. Do they need to commit to the cuts until they actually get into next year? I think that's really what you know I'm trying to like uh, you know convey that it's, there's really no rush. We've had a a pretty um, a tumultuous year with the, the banking crisis at the beginning of the year, uh, a number of other factors that uh, uh, drove markets around like higher supply concerns. And then this powerful end of the year rally. Uh, I don't think uh, the Fed wants to upset the apple carts, but at the same time, they don't want to egg on further risk taking because it's going to in part even further financial condition easing and go against what they're trying, trying to achieve. So I think, you know, we should expect, um, some pushbacks, but the challenge will be, you know, the the timing and the sequence of tomorrow, where the statements come out at two o'clock with the forecast for the summary of economic projections, the SCPs, uh, which will get the dots, which I'll discuss in a second, uh, and then you have Chair Powell speaking at two thirty, and typically, you know, like we've seen Chair Powell at his best, um, stay on on script and stay hawkish if that's indeed the message he wants to deliver, but you know, there's times where the market starts to kind of read through it. 
And by the end of the press conference, we end up with, oh, that was leaning on a dovish communication and the market reads what it wants to read. And we might initially sell off in everything and then rally right back towards the end of the market close. So it's anyone's guess really how it ends. But I think the intent will be to deliver a slightly hawkish message to combat what has really been like nonstop financial conditions easing for about six weeks. On the dots themselves, um, you know, again, just to, for the record, we don't think the Fed will hike like everybody else. We've been of the view that July was the last hike. So now this will be the third time they're skipping. So they're not going to hike, most likely. Uh, they're going to give us these new economic projections with the dots. They're going to have to adjust the dots in their submissions around the fact that they did not hike one more time in 23. So that takes out one uh, rate uh, increase of 25 from their forward path. And so the question is, do they keep the two cuts for 2024 or not? I think that matters a lot. And then what happens with the long run dot? The 25 and 26 dots could go up and down depending on how submissions, if you actually look at the prior dot projections, it's very uh, dispersed. And there's basically views on either ends of really high rates staying higher for longer to eventually rates going back, you know, sub 3%. So there's not enough um, actual uh, consensus beyond 2024 as it is. So I would expect some consensus building around what is in store for next year. And that would bring some convergence of the dots, even though they're not going to you know, work on it together. I do think that they, they all kind of know where their macro models are signaling uh, and they understand uh, each other's opinions. I think people can triangulate where the dots will go. So the question to me is like, what is a 2024 dot? Is it going to be just one cut because they did not hike again this year? Or will they maintain two cuts? You know, I think they're going to lean on the two cuts because it's easier to kind of communicate that if you are going to adjust policy, adjusting once is not enough. So why bother? Uh, anything beyond two cuts would be very dovish. So if we like were to see like uh, a four and five eights uh, versus a four and seven eights, so we're expecting a four and seven eights, you know, four point eight eight roughly uh, for the twenty twenty four dot, implying two cuts for next year. And then the other wild card is the long run dot. If one person were to move up from a lower dot of two point five to even just two point six two five that would shift higher the long run dot, which has not changed since pre-COVID in 2019, which would be a pretty big move. I think that whoever is that person can do the same median math that I just did in my head. And if they really want to send a message, I guess they could. I, I think it, it makes more sense for the long run dot to be lifted in the next year as we get a better sense of like what is higher for longer. Uh, and we probably see a lot of academic papers written around what is neutral going forward, right? So I I don't think they're going to, you know, try to push up the long run dot, but just mathematically, there's a chance that it might come through. If it's more than, you know, two and five eights, then I'd be much more concerned. So I think those are the two things. It's really the outer boundaries, like 2024 versus the long run dot. And what does the market read from that coupled into can Chair Powell stay hawkish throughout the whole press conference? Okay, great. Yeah, so I, I would definitely encourage our, our listeners to check out George's preview because he has a lot of good uh, good charts that just helps you kind of see this visually. But in short, it sounds like you're you're you believe, and I, I think this is I think this is what I've heard from some clients as well. The FOMC uh, moves the 2024 dot down uh, a quarter of a percent to four and 
five to four and seven eighths. But that show because they aren't hiking this year, that still shows two cuts next year. And then the question is, does the longer term dot, the longer term dot is mathematically positioned to potentially go up. Does that happen at this meeting or does instead that happen next year? Um, so, okay, great. Uh, so I think that was, that was, you know, pretty comprehensive in terms of where are we here? You know, what should you watch for, for the fed, you know, since we're coming up on the end of the year though, this is certainly the time where yourself and the rest of the street puts out outlook reports. Uh, why don't we use the last, you know, last bit of the episode to give our listeners a preview of what to expect from your upcoming 2024 U S outlook. You know, we'll give you just a, a quick tease, uh, on what to expect. I mean, we'll have our standard, uh, rate forecasts as well as views on credit spreads, uh, as well as mortgage spreads, uh, and you know, really uh, framing around the issue of was you know the recession delayed or was it really deterred? Um, you know, are we going to have this soft landing that, that now has become the base case for most people? So we're going to explore those those views and what could either support it or go against it. Uh, and and for us, it really comes out to these four tenets of the banking system, the Fed, the you know government fiscal policy all relative to the private sector consumer slash corporate. Um, and like right now we have you know three out of those four agents that are basically offline. Banks are not really lending. Fiscal has probably done most of what it could do in 2023. So really benefited 2023 growth. And as I've mentioned before, in many ways, 2023 was a soft landing. And now it's gonna get a little bit more bumpy as we look into 24, because in order for the Fed to cut, something has to materially change, not just the path for inflation. We think that for them to really move the needle to justify the valuations that are seen in credit markets as well as risk markets, the Fed's gonna have to cut a lot, lot more. And in order for them to do that, something has to fundamentally change either on the macro or markets or both. And uh, and, and so far we don't see that. So the Fed's you know, offline until something motivates them to really cut aggressively to justify valuations. Uh, and that's true for rates as well. And um, yeah, and you have the government, which is basically on a rate of change basis, not providing as much fiscal stimulus. And then we also have an election that next year, which will be critical. So it really leaves us with the consumer and corporate sector. Can we, you know, can we, can this recovery continue just based on that when we see consumers you know, seeing their savings dwindle as well as you know getting further into leverage? And so we're, you know, we're still in a more cautious outlook, and, and we explore all those things and many more things throughout the outlook. Awesome. Well. Uh... After we get a hold of that FOMC preview, we'll certainly be looking forward to the 2024 outlook. Uh, again, as a reminder for our listeners, I encourage you uh, to definitely check out the latest Macro to Markets publication, the December FOMC preview. Uh, and also, if you are not receiving George's stuff directly, get in contact with him. George, great stuff as always. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, John. And, uh, and a happy new year to everybody if we don't speak again. Yeah, yeah. You as well. And to our listeners. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MUFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.